In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, the Holy Three in One, who gives us so much, our finances, our physical bodies, our intellects, our relationships, and our life with Him, so that we might enjoy life. Dear brothers and sisters in Christ, those of you that know me very well might know that I have this sort of amateur love of all things marketing. Um, I, I'm that weird person that actually, um, it, it really bothers me. Some of you people do this. Uh, you'll turn the TV onto mute when the commercials come on. I don't like that. Because for me, half of the time, the commercials are more entertaining and better food for thought for me than, uh, you know, 16 and pregnant or whatever it is that you're watching. And so uh, I, I enjoy uh, when companies and, and different things are, are asking us to uh, change our behavior and change our lives in certain ways. And, and one of those that fits in really well with today is the old, uh, probably you still remember it, the, the old kind of slogan for American Express. And the old slogan for American Express um, uh, that they used to use in all of their TV ads was American Express, don't don't leave home without it. Yeah. And uh, so American Express, when they were trying to get the, you to understand the value of their card, what they did was they said, if you make sure you make sure that you don't leave home without this, because there might be an emergency that comes up and you'll need more than just the cash in your wallet. You'll you'll need something more than that. Um, uh, you, you maybe, you, you know, don't leave home without your American Express card because it gives you this sort of sense of of security and it gives you this sense of, OK, I, I know that things are going to go OK for me. And thank goodness that while I was in college, I traveled around with an American Express card. Because I didn't have cash. <laughs> Some of you know that pain. And so I traveled around with this American Express card, which was uh, at times probably not a good thing, actually. But it was a good thing uh, when I would travel. Because I consistently, it seems, like no matter when I travel, um, at least half of the time when I get to my destination, I find out that I have neglected to pack something. And so uh, it even just showed up for me this past weekend when I went to the board of directors meeting for the district, and I opened up my suitcase in the morning, and I said, I forgot my hairbrush. For some of you, that's not a big deal. For me, it is. And uh, all of a sudden, I had this image of going to the board of directors meeting looking like Bob Marley. Just twisted up and dreadlocks and nastiness. And so I had to go down to the gift shop, and I had to buy myself a hairbrush. And I was very used to this because I've done this a lot. In fact, I even thought about today bringing along with me all of the items of clothing and other things that I have bought while I've been on the road because I have come to that place ill-prepared. I have at least one complete outfit 
that is made up of things that I forgot somewhere along the line. I forgot a dress shirt. Oh, I need to go and buy a dress shirt. I forgot the right kind of pants. Well, I need to go and buy those pants. I forgot the right kind of shoes. Oh, I need to go and buy those shoes. I didn't bring my belt along. Oh, I need to grab that belt. And um, socks. Socks. I, I, I have a ton of socks that I have left. And just all of these different things that I have purchased on the road because I didn't show up prepared. Well, that's kind of the big deal with the story of these ten virgins. These ten virgins, they don't show up prepared. Well, five of them don't show up prepared for the party. And it's unlike really a party that we have around our weddings today. What was happening was that these women were waiting for the bridegroom to come so that there could be then a procession that led from the house of the uh, from the house of the bridegroom to the house of the bride's father, so that they could celebrate. And, th- and there was this kind of big parade, and normally this would happen at night. And so, what did you need? Uh, there were no street lights, and so you had to get a lamp. And because this party normally happened actually for several days, but part of that was during the night, one essential piece of your party kit was to bring your own light. And so when we hear that the five foolish virgins didn't bring flasks of oil... Well, in our culture, we kind of give them a pass because we say, oh, well, how were they supposed to know that he was going to come so late? Because that's how the story goes. And it kind of leads us into this idea that, well, if the bridegroom would have just arrived on time, I mean, how frustrating. If he would have just arrived on time, everybody would have been happy. And so then, because we know that the bridegroom is Jesus, we start getting mad at Jesus. And then we realize, oh, that's probably not the point of Jesus' parable. To be mad at Jesus. And so you take a couple of steps back and you go, okay, what's going on here? And what's going on is that in order to party through the night, you needed to have a light that would enable you to party through the night. And so what's happening when these foolish virgins show up to the party and they don't have light that will last through the night, that just tells you that they are not really serious about the party. They're not really serious about what it's actually going to take to party the whole night long. And sometimes... We're definitely there. And the law in this text is so clear that so often we are the foolish virgins that we're not bringing the right stuff to the party. And over the next two weeks today and then the next two weeks, uh, we're going to be talking about five specific things that we sort of at times, neglect to bring to the party. And then 
after today, when we talk about neglecting to bring those things to the party, and we realize that God has given all of those things, so we might as well just bring them to the party, then next time we're going to talk about how God wants to, us to invest those things, so that we're actually investing and in, in getting more of those things before he comes, so that we can have a richer and fuller experience, not only when he comes, but also while we're here. And then after that, we're going to talk about how that richer and fuller experience actually comes from giving stuff away. Which amazingly is not what the wise virgins do here. But it's a completely other parable. And those five things are our finances, our physical time, our intellect, our relationships, and just our spiritual life that element of our lives that is so hard for us to really even define a lot of the times. But that part of our life that is that intimate time that we have with Christ. And the challenge of this text is to look at those five things. And it's at least those five things, if not more. To look at those five things and to say, well, am, am I bringing that? Am I bringing these things to the party? Or did I leave that at home? Am I going to have to go and buy from the dealers? And the first thing there is, is um, uh, not only um, the kind of easiest way for us to kind of measure things, it's also the most difficult, I think. Because one of the things about this life that we have, especially in our culture, is that our finances are something that we carry along with us. In fact, Apple just, uh, just started putting out there this kind of wallet that you can use on your phone called Apple Payments. Just so that you can take that along with you on your phone when maybe you might forget your wallet, but heaven forbid you would ever forget your phone. Are, are you bringing that to the party? And by the party, I'm not necessarily just meaning University Lutheran, but I'm meaning, are you bringing that to the kingdom of God? Are you bringing your finances to the kingdom of God in a way that you feel is appropriate, that you feel is enough for the party? And if you're not, do you feel like, well, maybe I'm going to have to buy some at the end of whatever this is? It's an important question. And it's one that, honestly, we haven't addressed here at University Lutheran much, in fact, at all. There's this question of, well, what is it about money that's so hard? Why is it so hard for us to give 10%? Or maybe you can't afford 10%. Why is it so hard for us to give 5%? Why is it hard for us to just give a pretty consistent number? To be prepared to do that. I don't really like using myself in this way. But... Uh, 
one one of the ways that I was brought up was I was always brought up to um, uh, give 10% to church. And the reason for that was not because church needed it so badly. Uh, church didn't need what I was making as a lifeguard in high school. But it taught me to bring something to the party. It taught me to bring myself and what I was working on throughout the rest of the week so that I would have something that I could then say, this is what I'm bringing to the party. Even though it's not a lot, even though it's not much here, let me bring this. And that's the easiestly quantifiable one. But there's some other stuff that we think that you could bring to the party as well, into the kingdom of God. And that sometimes we have just as much of a problem bringing to the kingdom of God. So we already talked about finances. The next one is our physical selves. And interestingly, I I have tracked the attendance at University Lutheran for so long that I almost live and breathe the numbers now. And I can can almost guesstimate sometimes uh, what a Sunday is going to be like because of when it falls in the school year or because of this or because of that. And one of the things that I have found out about University Lutheran, and this actually applies to our entire church body, is that we're really bad about showing up to church on a regular basis. University Lutheran, the average is 40% of the uh, Sundays that we have service, about 40% of those, um, uh, the average University Lutheran attends. Now, Part of that is skewed because some of you frustratingly go home over the summer. But some of you don't. Just your physical presence. And your existence here with us, our ability to say hello to you, our ability to pray for you. And we understand that there are things that come up. But are you bringing your physical presence here? Are you bringing your physical presence to those people that are in your lives that you know that need your care? I'm really bad at this. And so many of you know that I am really bad at bringing my physical presence to you. And I need to work on that. I'm kind of required to be here on Sundays. But I need to do more connecting with you personally. So we've got our finances. We've got our physical presence. Our intellect. We have, you are very smart people. Some of you have PhDs or are working on them. Some of you have advanced degrees that even your bachelor's degree, some of you, your your bachelor's degree make my nose bleed. Could could we bring our intellect to to this, this party, just this party? 
What would it be like if University Lutheran, if we were able to take all of our intellects and use them all together? You people are so smart. And yet, so often, sometimes we just want to check out. Or we don't feel like there's a place for our intellect here. And so the challenge is, how how do you bring that? How do you bring that along? What is the flask that you need to put that in in order to bring it to the party? Or maybe that's even outside of this place. How, how do you bring your intellect to a world that is so hurting and in need of who you are? As a Christian who has brains and smarts, how, how do you apply that to a world that needs to know who Jesus Christ is? The fourth thing that we are asking you to consider bringing is your relationships. And that's kind of a difficult one. But how many people do you hang out with during your week? And, and do you bring... Jesus into those relationships, you could bring them here, but you can also bring yourself to them. How are you bringing those relationships into the kingdom of God? How are you speaking with those people who are your friends and your neighbors and your coworkers and that roommate that you really don't like, but you realize that you should love anyway? How are you bringing them into this party? And then lastly, your spiritual life. And that one maybe seems like it's simple. In fact, some of us, well, we only bring our spiritual life to University Lutheran. And the rest of the week, we kind of put it in our back pocket and put away. But some of us also kind of disconnect spiritually here in a weird way. And some of us disconnect spiritually when we're outside of here. And so we, we're asking you, consider those five things and how you're bringing them to the party. To the kingdom of God in its widest sense, but then also to the kingdom of God as you find it here locally at this church in this gathering with this community. And yet that's all law. In fact, part of the reason that I haven't really shared a sermon like this before in a long, long time that I've been pastor here is because these sermons, I hated these kind of sermons when I was growing up hated because they were always full of such platitudes and garbage and you know this sense of well you know I I know that there's a thousand dollars for God in this room right now is just in your wallets pull out your wallets what garbage Because it's all law. 
The gospel is this. We're going to a party. We are going to a resurrection that has already been paid for us. We are going to a resurrection that has been paid for us by Jesus' own finances. I mean, the guy walked around as a homeless guy for three years of his life at the very least. So that he could go to that cross, so that he could teach us. He gave of his finances so that we could be in that party. He gave of his physical presence with his disciples, with those people in those crowds. He gave of himself in that way. He gave of his intellect when he was teaching. He gave of that knowledge that he had of what it meant to be the Son of God and what it meant to be in his kingdom. He gave to us his relationships. His relationship, first and foremost, to God the Father and God the Holy Spirit. And he opened that up to us through his work on the cross. And through that then, he opened up to us his own spirit. So that we could have this somewhat amorphous term called spirituality. He paid the price. He gave us the capital. So that we then could go to his party. And enjoy life with him forever. And so, as we hold that capital in our hands today, we just ask you to consider, are you bringing that capital into his kingdom? And if the answer is no, then ask questions about that. Why? It's not required of you. The only thing that's required of you is Jesus. But if you're not bringing it, just consider why. Amen. Please rise.